Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end, and in the middle, of all we do. (laughs) May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in the conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. I was trying to tink, tink, tink. The, the cups together. Tinky. All right. Um, anywho, um, pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, go sit out in the sun with some iced tea, go on a jog, and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. such an extra intro <laughs> that was a little over the top i, I loved liked it. it i've always wanted to add in the middle should we just add it from now the beginning on and end maybe we should the beginning yeah because it it excludes the middle well but prayer. christ calls himself the alpha and the omega and mm-hmm. i don't think he means that he's just the bookends i think in saying he's the bookends he's in all of it he's all of it that as was as far at least as my the thought. east is to the west whoa different metaphor but sure mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> i love that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i always think of that casting crown song oh how far the east is from the west yeah i was about, i was about to sing it but I'm like, i actually don't remember how it goes See, me neither that was why i muttered it so terribly <laughs> <laughs> it was great hi jace hi hi <laughs> hi benjamin it's uh, i'm so happy to be here well me too it's a gorgeous day. I'm actually drinking um, a sparkling Izzy drink right now. Oh, switching it up. Contrary to my tea. And it's nice. It's No it's tea here. Refreshing. Yeah, I've got hot coffee that's now lukewarm. Oh, okay. That well, didn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Anywho. Like All right. <clears throat> We're having a really great conversation ahead of us, I expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today's just the intro to intros. On stewardship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we sat down and like put all of our ideas for things we wanted to talk about on the board, I think this was a concept that really resonated with both of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I don't know if all of our listeners are feeling the same way, but I think the concept of stewardship hits our whole lives yeah. in really practical ways. So I think it's just great, like meaty Christian discipleship conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like how does, how does the way of Jesus infect all parts of our lives? That's good. Yeah. And I think I, I hadn't learned a lot of these concepts until, um, I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, I don't think it was just super taught to me as a young kid. And I want to just get the word out about what stewardship is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, um, just to prepare you, myself, and all of our listeners today, we don't have a super detailed schedule. Instead, what we're going to do is kind of workshop the concept of stewardship as we speak about it. Yeah. And hopefully this conversation, as we speak through it, we'll start to hash out what the important things might be that we should talk about and what maybe isn't as important for future conversations and this will help shape what we're doing moving forward. But thought it could be cool content for the podcast. Yeah. As we hash through. I think it'll be good. There's a lot that can fall under this stewardship umbrella. Uh-huh. Should we start with the old Webster dictionary? Oh, yeah. Did you pull it up? I pulled it up. Uh, we love Webster. Um, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something especially the care and responsibility responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Oh, wow. Okay. Clarify that just the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Okay. How do you feel about that? I love it. Okay. Great. Trusting there's responsibility. Care is involved. Um, in yeah, I, you know what I did is I just Googled consumption. Oh yeah. Because I think we live in a society that is 
if we can create a binary, I don't know that this exists mm -hmm. really, but if we want to talk about a spectrum between the ultimate stewardship, I think on the opposite side of that spectrum would be consumption. Interesting. I um, can totally see that. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Like, at least that's the way that we set it up in one of my university classes in theology. We were talking about creation care specifically. Mm -hmm. And in a capitalist society, um, we are not that capitalism is bad. I love capitalism. I've studied economics in college. So very much like free market capitalist, but also see yeah. a lot of issues in it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we be aware that one thing that capitalism gravitates us towards is marketing that plays on our fleshly desires in order to get us to consume so mm -hmm. that the people behind that marketing can make more money. Yeah. So money is driving, I think it's trying to solve problems, but also just trying to feed on our fleshly instincts yeah. in order to generate capital. And that will like ultimately the bottom line in that kind of economy is more money. Doesn't matter who is affected, what is affected in the process, as long as at the end of the day, I'm getting paid more. Now yeah. that's that's kind of like a savage way to talk about it. I, I mean, that's like the the worst side. Yeah, one of the worst sides or kind mm -hmm. of uh, cons of capitalism. Like uh, yeah, a free I think market it's capitalism. A, it's like an extreme view mm -hmm. of what free market capitalism can do. Did you? Did it come up with a definition for consumption? Yeah, it just says the using up of a resource. Yeah, which is is interesting because I. I didn't, I looked it up too and I was like, oh, the using up, like you're, uh, essentially destroying something. Yeah. Like it's not sustainable yeah. in nature. Mm -hmm. If you're using up a resource, it's like, it's, then it's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to consume this until it is no longer there for consumption. So does that mean oh. sustainable consumption is like an oxymoron or do you think oh. the way we kind of use consumption, we could actually could have sustainable consumption. Yeah, I think so. Cause or, also like another yeah. aspect of consumption is like, I consume the food on my plate at dinner mm -hmm. and that I'm eating up, you know, until it's gone, I guess, but it's mm -hmm. just what's on my plate and hopefully it can still be sustainable. Um, like the sources of those things would be ever giving, you know? Yeah. Like, renewable. You, like yeah. If it's a plant, it can be replanted if it's a animal, it like has offspring, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's propagating, it's and propagating. Yeah. And like, like it's like, it's not, you're just using up. Like we just, you know, last year America consumed all the cows. Like <laughs> that would be probably, mm -hmm. you know, the worst option, which like Americans did mm. to the bison population yeah. in the United States, in like North America, mm -hmm. almost completely. I don't know the statistics, but. It was wild in the, in the era of Theodore Roosevelt. Right. I think he said that he came out to Yellowstone and he looked and in every direction he could see a head of bison as far as his eye could see, because that was just the way that that part of our nation was set up. Wow. Um, and just, I mean, a few short years later, because it became such a popular sport to come out and shoot bison and harvest their meat. Um, the hunting was done so unsustainably that now it's radically endangered species when it was maybe one of the most abundant species that existed on our continent at one point. That's crazy. And yeah, it, the difference maker was just people. The From 1500 to 1884, the population went from 54 or f like 50 million bison to almost zero. To 325. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And it says by the 1990s, bison measured in like 25,000 in population. Okay. So they're coming back. They're, they're definitely coming back. That was a really intentional effort that required yeah. a lot of people. But yeah, at the top of this article, this is from historyincharts.com. Huh. Uh, they show a picture, a black and white picture of a pile like a pile that's like 40 feet high of bison skulls. Whoa. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. If you want to Google that, maybe you can see it too. Whoa. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Oh, and there's just a man standing on top of it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So that happened. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a good a good picture of what happens when resources are consumed. They mm-hmm. just stop existing. There's um, a book that a friend of mine read once. I didn't actually read it myself, but it had to do with what happened on um, the island of Rapa Nui, or more famously called Easter Island. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of them? The Easter yeah. Island heads? Totally. Kind of famous. There was a whole civilization that lived on this island that consumed its resources um, chopping down trees at an unsustainable rate. Wow. And essentially this population on this Island killed itself That's because insane. they destroyed their natural habitat unintentionally, mm-hmm. but they just didn't try to sustain the resources of the Island. Yeah. Um, and in the process of consuming found that they eventually hit a point where their consumption had gone too far and there was no going back. And yeah. then, you know, animals left the island or died, and there was, there was not enough wood. Yeah, and then, anyway, the population just dramatically died. So then, this island is discovered years and years and years later, um, with just what looks like a really intelligent, incredible artisan civilization that no longer exists because yeah, they killed themselves through unsustainable consumption. Wow. That's crazy. So there are stories like that. Like humanity has a problem, you know, not mm-hmm. just America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I mean, we're going to get into this over a few podcasts, but it's not just creation care that like the Bible refers to when it calls us to stewardship. Oh, yeah, right? totally. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I mean, let me, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, no, like, We're called to take care of our bodies. We're called to take care of our finances. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way we consume, we talked about that. So there's like, I think we're going to get into a lot of things. And I know, I think especially in our, our cultural moment and in America, like even like the way we think about debt, you know, yeah, is kind of interesting as like Christians and like, there's like pros and cons to anything, but I looked it up right now. uh, The total household debt in the United States is $16.9 trillion as of the end of last year, which that includes auto loans and mortgages and stuff, but that's unreal. Wow. I wonder how much debt that is per person. Can you divide that number by 330 million? Was going to do that. I don't know if my calculator is big enough. (laughs) That's a funny problem. Totally. Uh, Oh gosh. There's not commas. Let's see here. 16. Oh, that's going to make it hard. Yeah, you keep talking. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's important to say that stewardship is not just a conversation around creation care. And when we look at the Bible, um, through the lens of creation care is how this issue is talked about. I would say maybe most often. I don't know if that's true. But um, it's introduced very early on, Genesis 1 and 2 with this concept that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God to rule and have dominion over creation to, um, to rule creation, I think could sometimes sound like, Oh, I'm allowed to exploit creation because that's what rulers do. Mm -hmm. They exploit, um, the kingdoms over which they rule. However, if you're a Christian, you know, the kind of ruler that God is, He's not an exploitation kind of God. He's not Mm -hmm. exploiting us as resources. Um, That was actually the way that in the ancient world, other civilizations viewed their gods, that those other gods, like the God of Babylon, created humans to be his slaves, to like work on the ground in order to like give him the things that he wanted in pleasing sacrifices. So that, that concept of exploitation, I think, shouldn't exist when we read that humans were put in the garden to rule and have dominion. Instead, we're to rule and have dominion in the same way that Christ rules and has dominion over his church. Yeah. Um, so that's the setting where stewardship is first introduced, like page one and two. It's in the garden care for this garden and then all throughout the biblical narrative there's this interplay with creation land even just last night i read the book of joel which Mm -hmm. 
doesn't, I mean, it's not very impressive if you think, wow, he read a whole book. It's just three chapters, but, (laughs) um, there's all of this imagery and metaphor about the land dying, God killing the land, Mm -hmm. but also the land dying as a consequence of the people, um, becoming so corrupt. So there's a regular connection. It's at least a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Um, and at most, both literal and metaphorical, yeah, uh, to say that when people become wicked, the land has literal consequences, and people die as a result. Yeah, like, I, I even think of like um, the like monocrop farming in mm. America. Like if you just farm corn on the same piece of land year after year, it just eventually just completely destroys the soil to where it can't grow anything anymore. That's fascinating. Talk about consumption mm-hmm. of soil. Yeah. Huh. And all like the nutrients and everything in it. I guess another thing I want to say, and maybe we should have said this even sooner, is if at all creation care is coming up, it could start to sound political. Oh, yeah. And I just want to name that because some people might think like, whoa, are these, are Jason Benjamin having a political conversation right now? And I just hope you hear our hearts. No, we are not having a political conversation. Totally. Our goal is to have a biblical conversation. Um, we're, we're not trying to endorse any political perspective or candidate or party in this. Um, what we're doing is talking about at, at least as genuinely as I think I know how to talking about the concept of stewardship in the Bible. And yeah. it's just true that the Bible portrays, um, the careful stewardship of land and all of creation mm-hmm. as an essential aspect of what God intended for humanity. Yeah. Like totally. that's one of the first, if not the very first commandment is to care for and rule over creation with the, the kind of King or queen heart that Jesus has for us. Yeah, I think it might sound like, oh, I've heard that from this this party or that party about creation or any of these things. And, and really, the idea of, you know, a government having to come in and, like, protect land should be, like, a last resort, you know? Yeah. Like, the way we treat our resources and the beautiful creation that God has given us, like, that should start with each one of us yeah. and us as a society before any government would have to step in. Mm. So that's that I feel like we've gotten to a place where it's become political because no one else is really talking about it. Yeah. Interesting. That's is a good it, what point. do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. It's become a conversation that maybe politic political agendas have tried to grab mm-hmm. and polarize in order to pit us against one another, I think. Totally. Also. So like if the environment is something that somehow like the left claimed yeah <laughs> like christianity and specifically evangelist uh, evangelicalism is something that the right claimed mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like i don't know why our politics has to work that way but it just mm-hmm. does because well i mean it works and <laughs> on both sides, both of those groups were mobilized, like, or those agendas were mobilized through fear, too. Uh, and so it's not even this, like, perfect way to even combat the thing because we're, like, you know, we're just told that, like, we, the earth is on fire and will burn up next year if we don't do anything. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, we got to do stuff. And it's like, oh, Jesus will not come back unless we get this person in office. Uh, sure. And, and so like, that's like the dichotomy there. Sorry. We, I'm, we just talked about not getting it political, but I'm just kind of showing like how, <laughs> how some of these thoughts have become political. Right. And we want to stay just biblically, you yeah. know? And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you feel like we are, you know, I don't know. Have a conversation with us. Like email us if you feel like we're like getting too touchy on some things. Yeah. Because I know there are, you know, strongly held beliefs on both the right and the left about what to do about our earth. Totally. And whether it's 
whether the global is warming or not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as I, I like to say, that's good. Whether the global uh, is the, warming. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, and so, you know, those kinds of things. And so it's like, I don't think we even have to like touch on the, you know, the reality of whether there is this threat of climate change. We should just be like treating our world right as best as we can you yeah. know and just because <laughs> totally. it's like oh there's climate change isn't real let's just destroy everything you know <laughs> i don't i don't i don't i hope that doesn't ruffle any feathers i will stand yeah. by that statement yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's a good way to think i agree i think no matter what we should be caring for the world <laughs> just like you should oh, want to care boy. for your i don't know look at it on the super local level I want to weed my front yard mm-hmm. because it's the land that was entrusted to me because I own a house. Love that. You know? Yeah. I like was trimming my bushes the other day and I Googled how to trim bushes and shrubs because I'm a new homeowner and it's mm-hmm. like, don't trim them in the spring. And I'm like, dang it, it's the spring. <laughs> yeah. I'm trimming them at the wrong time, but they're too huge and I have to cut them anyway. So I'm like concerned about my mm-hmm. land, my my microcosm of creation yeah that's something that i think exists i don't know do you think that's true almost innately within humanity uh yeah possibly i i think i well yeah i would say so because i would look at you know cultures around the world and even in antiquity like there was just such a care and reverence for nature even to the point of deity you know, sure. sun, moon, and star gods, huh. and the, the you know the the wind god, and all like it's like there's something like uh, inherently, intrinsically spiritual about wow. creation. That's beautiful. That reminds me of Psalm 19, if I may. Yeah, please may. Um, just because, please may. <laughs> just because I love scripture. Um, this is a shout out to my mom. It's her favorite psalm. It says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Um, just that idea that like creation is constantly screaming the glory of God. Isn't that a beautiful image? Yeah. And there's other parts in the Bible too, where it's talking about like the cedars of Lebanon, which are just trees in a region called Lebanon, clapping their hands mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the goodness of God. Yeah. Like re- mountains and oceans rejoicing because of who the Lord is. Um, that's part of like biblical poetic imagination. And I think it's part of the human experience. I mean, mm-hmm. I was on a hike this past weekend for mother's day yeah real time last weekend was mother's day and um i was up in the boise foothills it's so green right now and Mm -hmm. the creek was super full and it was just beautiful yeah like that's good for the human spirit oh yeah and like even now there's so many studies about like this idea of grounding going out and like walking on dirt or grass barefoot and how it like lowers anxiety or like, I mean, we're getting like, don't hear me as some hippy dippy and I don't, I'm not an active grounder. I'm currently barefoot though. <laughs> Full transparency. That, that's okay. I did it because I'm, I was hot, but that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but like, this is like in scientific journals and stuff about like how nature and time in nature reduces our anxiety and like like makes us healthier people. Wow. Like reduces yeah. the chance of like major illnesses and stuff. Wow. I I have to find those sources because mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool to reference. I've heard that recently too. I mm-hmm. think there's something about at least 20 minutes a day out in the sun is supposed to dramatically improve your mental health. Wow. And then like, I don't know, the flip side of that, I don't know if this is just a caricature or if it's at all reality, but sometimes I think about when I'm sad or people who I know who are not in a good mental space are like closed up in a dark place who cover their windows and isolate themselves, not just from other humans, but from creation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I, I, all of this to say there is a, there's an inherent connection. I think we as humans that are a part of God's creation experience in communion with God's creation and in 
um, reveling in the gift of God's creation, we actually see the glory of God in our spirit, I think, if our eyes are open to mm-hmm. it. Of course, that shouldn't be where religion ends. Yeah. Some people say, I don't go to church. I just go into the hills and worship, mm-hmm. which that's, I think that's great. You should find God in the hills, but the, the scriptures say, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let that be all that you do. Um, because you're reducing faith to something that could just look like a pagan pantheism, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it doesn't look like the face of Jesus. Ultimately, while creation reveals the glory of God, it doesn't reveal the image of God in fullness the way that Christ does. <laughs> I think a lot of new age spirituality looks at, has become what it is because of kind of an idolatry of nature. Yeah. You know, where it's like they 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 get that sense that like spiritual calling from nature but then it just becomes an idol. Fascinating. And it's like it's not you're not being able to see past to the one who made it. Wow. They take a good thing and inflate it and put it on God's throne. Mhm. Hmm. Idolatry. Yeah. You said making an idol. That's a perfect. Huh. So, okay, creation care is something that I want to talk about more in this stewardship conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. How that's used in the Bible, we can look at like even years where Israelites are commanded to let the land lay dormant for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they don't do that and they're exiled at the end of Chronicles, it said, finally, the land received its rest as if there's this image that like, Israel and its wickedness had been abusing the land just wow. by living on it mm-hmm. in a wicked way. Yeah. Um, so that's very much a biblical connection that I want to hash out more. Um, also, the idea of stewarding our body, I want to mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah. Because like, we're told that like our body is a temple. I was just about to ask you a question that was going to prompt that answer from you, but I didn't know how to ask it. And then you just said it. So that was great. What is my body (laughs) is a temple for 400. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like one, we know that like the spirit of Christ resides in us. Amen. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, that's one reason to take care of ourselves. And then also just to like be a, um, active member of the community and the village Mm. it takes it takes careful care to fuel correctly and to feel correctly and to stay healthy and to be a good parent and all those things so i and i also i think we'll go into this i like i i don't want there to be any shame if like health has been a problem or if you struggle with chronic sickness it's like again we live in the already not yet and this fallen world. So it's like right. the goal, we have a goal, we have a call and you know, the, the things are going to get in the way of that. And there's, yep. there's grace for that too. There's no shame. So there's no shame in this. Um, but yeah, just want to point those things out. Mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, again, like no shame if this has been a part of your story, but smoking cigarettes is something that's been proven as extremely detrimental to the health of your whole body particularly mm-hmm. your teeth and your lungs, right? Yeah. Um, just like you said with soil, if all you do is plant the same crop every year, eventually the soil will be so depleted of nutrients that it won't be able to grow anything, and then it'll blow up like dust, and you'll have the dust bowl of the 1920s or whenever that was. Totally. <laughs> or the 30s. I forget when that was. Do you know the, 20s. The Great American Dust Bowl. I think like late 20s. There's the Roaring 20s and then like the Great Depression. Yeah. And like maybe it was the 30s. It was somewhere in there. It was Between, a sad time. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, just to say that like their actual consequences woven into the fabric of existence of treating things without proper stewardship. So if you treat the soil without proper stewardship, there are real consequences Mm -hmm. that are terrible. Um, If you allow the soil to be full of nutrients, then the crops that you yield from them are super healthy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference between um, a really cheap carrot that you would get from a cheap big box store that was farmed on land that the soil has been depleted versus like an organic farm carrot Mm -hmm. 
is packed with way more nutrients and it's just better for your body. Mm-hmm. Even though you could look at both and say that's still a carrot. Totally. Like it's actually yeah. a, a different thing mm-hmm. because of its nutrients. Yeah. Um, and you know, the same I think is true for our bodies. Like mm-hmm. I am still going to live if I just eat Sour Patch Kids, but not that long. Yeah, not as long. <laughs> it, I mean, it'll, it will give you... <laughs> you know, calories, which is just a measure of energy. Right. And that will last you for a little bit. I wonder but, how long you could survive on home. It's like putting patch. Gatorade in your car. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't even, I, that's probably even a worse example, but like, uh, that's not going uh, to get you anywhere. Know, like a week? <laughs> yeah, totally. Just cutting your gas with Gatorade. Yeah, for sure. Easy. Um, Yeah. Is there... You wrote on here animal care. What do you mean by that? Oh, I put animal care under creation care because mm. I'm glad that you asked. Um, well, I, I don't want to be that guy. That's okay. But I'm a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so take what I say with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. A um, lot of salt. A lot of Make salt. Make those vegetables flavorful. I have a particular stance on like vegetarianism vegetarianism mm-hmm. yeah. um and i have chosen that for a specific reason and i don't want to get into that right now because i don't want to come across like i'm pushing my agenda there on anybody else mm-hmm. but um animal care regardless of whether you choose to eat animals or not um the way that you're supposed to take care of animals is part of taking care of creation mm-hmm. and i think our relationship with animals is something that is like scriptural scriptural mm-hmm. you know noah was commissioned by God to continue the livelihood of every living animal, mm-hmm. the unclean and the clean animals. Yeah. Um, in the story of the flood, like Adam came and was responsible for naming all of the animals. Mm-hmm. And you get this sense that like the, the human made in God's image was commissioned to rule over the beasts of the land and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. That's mentioned a lot in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're looking at Genesis one through three or Psalm eight or a handful of other places. And I think again, what it's saying when it says rule over is to care for, to love, um, to like encourage the good health of, and you could break down what that means. But like, I think if you're going to eat animals, you slaughter them in a humane way. Yeah. Like, frankly, and call this a hot take, but frankly, I think that's a Christ-like way to slaughter an animal. Like there is a mm-hmm. Christ-like and an un unbiblical way to slaughter an animal. Interesting. Yeah. No, I I'm, I agree with you. I Even mean, as a meat eater, you know, I'm starting to go extra biblical now, and like, I I don't want to get too like touchy if I'm offending anyone here, but um, I just want to ask those questions because. I think what's fun about this conversation is it could lend us a lot of helpful language to start to reconsider how does my Christianity actually affect every facet of my life? Yeah. Like why might it be the better thing to eat a local grass fed beef, even from a theological standpoint? Interesting. Not just from a health standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, isn't that interesting? That is super fascinating. I and I think there's an argument there. I mm-hmm. really do. Yeah. Um. And there's a reason why the Jewish community is famous for their kosher diet. Mm-hmm. Part of kosher, in case you don't know, um, it's not just avoiding pigs and shellfish, but you're uh, like a kosher beef has to have been slaughtered in a particular humane way. Yeah. And if that cow was slaughtered in a really inhumane way, then it can't be considered kosher mm-hmm. because you didn't care for that animal in the way that God called us to care for that animal. Yeah. So I think there's a way that the Jewish community has held on to the, the theological respect for um, the beasts of the land mm-hmm. that us Christians have lost in the swing of mm-hmm. consumerism. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Also, I think part of it is like, frankly, I think we're created to have relationship with animals. I think like the human dog or the human cat mm-hmm. relationship is actually a holy one. Mm-hmm. Um, hot take again. Hot take again. Yeah. Maybe that's just because I'm an animal person. Mm-hmm. 
and I, again, I'm not saying like everyone needs to have a dog or a cat. So I, I don't if even you have. Don't a pet. have a dog or a cat. You're not as holy. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Well, I just mean there's like, have you ever seen someone just treat an animal really cruelly? Oh yeah. Doesn't that just there's something in my spirit that 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 just feels it, evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels unjust. Is it because I'm soft? No, it, it actually feels unjust. I don't think so. I don't think you're soft. So there you're saying that justice isn't only due to humans. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility in order to fulfill justice at its fullest extent to the animal kingdom. I think there's a really strong theology for what justice and injustice looks like for the care of like nature, yeah. like forests and oceans and that kind of thing. So why would I not, I almost being a part of nature there has to be also an unjust, unjust way of caring for them as totally. well. You know, that makes sense. Like, I'm like, I feel like I can't care about a living animal more than a, or like, I wouldn't not care about a living animal versus a tree, you know? Right. Like they're both alive and probably think about as much, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We can get into that, but yeah. yeah. So it's like. Unless it's a mosquito, maybe mosquitoes are just from Yeah, those are from uh, hell. From hell. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. But then again, I believe God created all things. Mosquitoes, the second most deadly animal for Wait, humans. Whoa. Did you know that? Wait, what's the first most? Hippopotamuses. <laughs> no way. No kidding. Honestly. Yeah, they kill a lot of people every year. Whoa. Should I get the actual stats? Yeah, get the stats. I'm just thinking of a hippopotami. Is that how you call them? Probably in plural. As like these cute, snuggly, you know, childhood caricatures. Um, but no, I guess they're just savage beasts. <laughs> they're murderers. <laughs> uh, 500 deaths a year. Wow. I think. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. So, I mean, it's not a lot, but that's a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, compared to 8 billion or however many humans mm-hmm. there are, it's not huge. Yeah, for sure. But it's definitely enough that I'm going to be careful if I ever come into contact with a hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, thank you. Yeah, we could talk more about animal care. Honestly, I read a C.S. Lewis book. If anyone's a big C.S. Lewis fan, there's a chapter in his book called The Problem of Pain that's called Animal Pain. And he just, hmm. he basically hammers this question in a really creative way. And he asks the question whether animals can go to heaven. Um, Some people very strongly believe no. Other theological people have said yes, and this is why. And I just think that's kind of a fun conversation. Yeah, totally. Um, Another thing C.S. Lewis says that, uh, again, could be biblical and beautiful and could just be kind of wacky is maybe part of our role in stewarding the animal kingdom was to train them to not kill each other. Interesting. Yeah. Is that interesting? So like dogs don't kill each other as domesticated animals in the way that they do when they're in the wild. Yeah. Um, And so I think he makes some statement. He says, this isn't definitive. I'm just throwing out a fun idea. But what if we had fulfilled our role to creation? Lions had come as far as the dog has. That's wild. Or something. Should we get a couple lions? We should get some pet lions and see what happens. That's not what I'm suggesting. What's the Great Lion movie? Oh, the, the oh, I'm not gonna remember. Dogs. All right, someone's remembering it. Right I now. know it's probably Danica. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> but the I I just think that's a fun image. And if you want a biblical basis for it, read Isaiah 11. Maybe as I, Isaiah 11 is just fun poetry, but it talks about the the wolf lying down with the lamb. And the child playing with the snake, Whoa. and there being no danger between the animals in the animal kingdom. That's so crazy. And that—that's a picture of the new creation prophetically mm-hmm. from Isaiah's perspective. I mean, I have this thought of what the new creation is going to be. And it's like this, you know, the fully sanctified version of all that God created at the beginning, you know? Mm. So why wouldn't there be animals in Amen. quote unquote heaven? You right. Know? And then if they're going to be there, then there must be a holy and sanctified way that we are able to relate to them today. Cause the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us. 
Wow. So anyway, food for thought. Totally. Um, Only vegetables for thought. Yeah, vegetables for thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you can see my colors. And you can totally disagree. And that's the spirit of the Deepwaters podcast. Yeah. No, it's like I don't don't necessarily agree with the the whole vegetarian thing that Benji does. And it's not a problem at all. And that is so okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But by the end of this podcast, he'll probably convince me. So (laughs) So we should change topics. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Lo. (laughs) I like bacon too much. Yeah, so we could talk about the body more. We hit that a little bit. Um, Consumerism is something that I think relates to kind of everything. Everything, Mm -hmm. don't you? Which I like the way you you pitted consumerism and stewardship against each other at the beginning. Mm, That's good, actually. Thank goodness for college because it really does. (laughs) It affects all those different things. It does, like your finances, the body, creation, animals. Wow. Okay, you're right. Because originally we put consumerism underneath the stewardship conversation. Like, how do we steward our consumption? Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think I want to reorient this to like consumerism. To consumerism isn't a subcategory, but like within finances, you can either steward or consume, mm-hmm. or somewhere in between. Yeah, and maybe, maybe as we break this down more, we'll kind of say like, here's what a kingdom of stewardship looks like. Here's what a kingdom of of consumption looks like. Wow. I like and how that. it might play out in the body creation in your finances. I like this a lot. Another thing that we did in that same class is, um, we, in the same way we talked about stewardship versus consumerism. We talked about efficiency versus care. Oh. Um, which again could get controversial. I'm not trying to say that efficiency is evil. Or that care is terrible. I'm not, I don't want to moralize those things, but um, I think there is something to be said for the recognition that the more efficient something gets, um, like if we want to make our soil as efficient as possible, Mm -hmm. we pump more nutrients in it artificially through different kinds of fertilizers. Yeah, totally. Um, However, efficient that might be, um, covering it with pesticides and herbicides that might not be the most caring thing mm-hmm. for the crop, for the people eating that crop, for the community around that crop and the way that those pesticides are affecting their water supply. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go the caring direction, like the organic food mm-hmm. alternative, then it's not very efficient. True. And so it costs more. Mm-hmm. And that's rubbing up against our capitalistic machine. Totally. Um, and it disproportionately affects certain people mm-hmm. and communities that can't afford an $8 orange. Totally. You know, it's like, which then there's maybe some social injustice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, that, I mean, Oh my gosh, there's so much in this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, I even think about, you know, with consumption and efficiency, you know, we can get into some talk about fast fashion and like the, the, the need to mass produce t-shirts at, you know, 50 cents a piece wow, yeah. is, is like very detrimental to the workers that, that work those factories. Mm. Um, and so in the, in, we have given up care for the sake of efficiency in a lot of ways. Wow. I want to hit that somehow. Um, like, should we call it social justice yeah. stewardship? Mm-hmm. Because like that. that's within, with, within consumption, I want to make sure that we are considering the human element. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I've been talking a lot about the land, human element. resources, human resources. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah, that's HR. like, that's like what it, what it's referring to. Like how do we take yeah. care of the human resource that we have in this company? Wow. Um, but yeah, social, de- social justice is a good one. Yeah. Maybe I'll put slash human resources. Yeah. We, can, we can hash that out a little bit more. Um, I'm even thinking of a video that you showed me a while ago of all of those workers in the cobalt mines. Gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing that happens. And for the sake of like efficiency for efficient vehicles, we're like, you know, one stripping the earth of all this stuff, but also using humans in like a really terrible way to make batteries. So uh, anyway, listener, if you're curious, you can Google that, but it will be sad. I know. Like the, the whole thing is like, 
this conversation usually makes me sad. Yeah. You know, but it like there, there is hope that we can, you know, vote with our dollars in the, con- mm-hmm. in the capitalist capitalistic world to hopefully make a better mm. change as Christians, you know, it's good. It's like there's, there might be places by the end of this conversation, you might not want to shop, you know, and yeah. for the better. Honestly, I think that's a win mm-hmm. because not every place where you can shop, even though it's the greatest deal, maybe, um, is it going to be the greatest mm-hmm. effect on the world? I, in that same class, I keep bringing it up. Um, it was called ecology and the Bible. I want to take this class. You would have loved it, Jace. Um, we also did all of it in the mountains, the Cascade Mountains, during January, during Snowmageddon. Whoa. There was, and the whole time we were cross-country skiing, too. It was a dream come true. That sounds... Inc- what in the world? It was the, maybe the closest I've come to heaven. <laughs> but um, wow. anyway... That's cool. One of the things that my professor mentioned that I thought was so helpful is that there is a cost to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, if you're not, as the consumer, incurring a very large cost then that means someone else or something else might be incurring that cost for you. Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a helpful way to think about it. So like if in stewarding my consumption decisions, I choose, I'm going to buy the cheapest t-shirt possible. Yeah. I don't want to incur very much cost. Um, That's a decision I can make as a result. Then maybe you're saying that the employee of that store that I bought that from isn't mm-hmm. getting very good health insurance. Cause that employee doesn't get paid very much cause mm-hmm. I'm not paying very much to the store. Um, and am I okay with that? Yeah. Also, um, the person who made that t-shirt in, I don't know, Bangladesh or yeah. some country where working rights are not high is treated really cruelty and has inhumane work hours. Um, and in addition to that, the resources that made that t-shirt are maybe exploiting the land Mm -hmm. as opposed to a Patagonia shirt, for example, Yeah, might be really expensive. Yeah, totally. And all of it was sustainably and renewably sourced with humans in mind. Mm -hmm. Like how can we care for every person and resource along this whole process and they're passing the cost along to me and I'm choosing to pay for that cost. Is it, this is so good. Is this no, good? No, I'm just smiling because I just, I've been wanting to talk about this for so long. Oh good. We're going to have to dive more into this. No, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to come with charts. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. It's going to be great. Charts that the listener cannot see. Yeah. Well, we'll put them in the show notes maybe. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> but no, yeah. There's a lot to this. I'm trying to figure out how to put this because it's a stewardship of my, maybe that's what we meant by consumption, but we'll call it purchasing maybe mm-hmm. or we'll use a different word. Like the, the things that I choose to buy is a form of stewardship, not just from a financial standpoint, but from a, how is my purchase affecting the greater economy, the planet and humanity, Mm -hmm. which if you think like, well, what does it mean that I'm just buying this Hanes t-shirt from Walmart? Like I'm one drop in a massive ocean. Totally. I mean, if enough people make a change, societies start to shift that's how that's how all change is made it's like culturally it starts with ripples don't you think so anyway that gives me hope hopefully this conversation can help challenge some people and make us think about new things um oh we're probably kind of running low on time aren't we, we? are running low on time uh, i'll we'll just hit um financial responsibility mm-hmm and mention this is something we want to talk about in the stewardship conversation. Of course, um, God entrusts us with the allocation of resources and money is a, a very prominent one. So I want to sit on that one yeah. for a while and talk about tithing. Um, why is tithing actually a gift to us as a spiritual discipline mm-hmm. to relieve us of the idolatry of money? Um, if I submit 10% of my paycheck to the Lord every month or every how, whatever long, um, that actually might posture my heart in such a way that I'm not bowing to the almighty dollar. I'm bowing to the Lord yeah, and I'm submitting that dollar to the creator. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think tithing is something I want to hit. I want to talk about, yeah, spending responsibly. So like not overspending. Yeah. Having enough to take care of those around us, especially in a debt culture, like what mm-hmm. you brought up earlier. Was that on the microphone? Was it that? was. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I looked up, it was $51,000 per man, woman, and child in the United States. Oh, that's right. 51,000 mm-hmm. per man, woman, and child. Yeah. Like for the 330 million. Whoa. Does that include mortgages? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Still. But still. That's a massive amount. It'd be of interesting debt. to see that without mortgages, but it'd still be a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I know credit card debt is a rampant thing in our culture mm-hmm. because it's easy, accessible debt. People, it's so easy to get a credit card too. So easy to get a credit card. You can get one on your phone on Apple. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not encouraging it, but it's it like, it like a moment. you like literally open up the app that's already installed. Wow. Give a little bit of information and then boom, you have a credit card <laughs> and you don't even need the physical card. You just take no. your phone and tap it onto these little remote reader things and your money's gone. Not even your money, the bank's money. And then yeah. you owe them. And if you don't have that money, then you'll owe them more. People get in holes that are deep. Sign of the times. Just kidding. kidding. (laughs) I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of personal well-being, for family well-being. Um, So, yeah, I think that could be something that would be fun to talk about. We could get Dave Ramsey in here to talk about it with us. Totally. (laughs) Financial Peace University. I also think that um, investing would be something that could be kind of fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like how we invest in a Christian way, um, responsibly invest in things that endorse like Christian, I don't know, morals to the best of our ability, but also like recognize that money can be a tool that can work for the kingdom. Dave Ramsey, I brought him up as a joke, but in all seriousness, I like this metaphor. He said, Dave, or <laughs> he said, money's like a brick. Um, it's itself is neutral, but it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful object. And with that brick, you can build yourself a house or you could throw it at someone and mm. kill them. If you hit them in the temple or something Whoa. like a, a, like a brick has power in mm-hmm. both directions. Yeah. Um, how we handle that brick is the the decisive thing. He says money feels like that to him. Mm-hmm. I like and I that. think that's that's cool. So we could look at what money can do on the evil end and make sure that we're avoiding that and what it is also capable of on the good end. And then, of course, I think we need to talk about generosity over and above tithing. Mm-hmm. Like the gift of finances. And I want to talk about like the church in Acts 2 when every, everybody had everything in common. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to encourage all of us to become communists, but (laughs) yeah, no, totally like the radical generosity and hospitality that existed in the early church is foreign to us in our culture. And I don't think it's a bad model either. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that should be the goal is that like, we're all taking care of one another Mm -hmm. and that's not political. That's just biblical. That's good. That's a t-shirt. That's a (laughs) t-shirt. Uh, I also put hospitality on there. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned it too. That's like just part of, yeah. Of even just sharing Mm -hmm. your, your items that you have. Yep. You know, it's like, Hey, I have a bedroom that I don't use ever. Sure. What does it look like for you to like care for the traveler, (laughs) the immigrant, the refugee in using that space, you know? Wow. Or if yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things there and I'm, you know, it's so complicated yeah. and we're not trying to force anything on you. This is just thought experiments. I think a lot of, I would say a lot of Christians that I know don't think about this stuff. Hmm. And I think it's just good to think about, to be aware of. Yeah. And it kind of, hopefully kind of gets rid of any deniability of mm-hmm. our impact on the world. Wow. That's great. I agree. I think in, in the hope of Jesus, I, I know that God has entrusted us to be people who steward his good gifts. And so for no other reason, if, if for no other reason we should steward our body, our finances, our planet, because God told us to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like that's enough. Mm -hmm. But also because like those things have a, they have a serious impact 
on our well-being on the world around us and the people around us so that we can bring the kingdom of God to this place as it is in heaven. Come on. You know? Yeah. I'm sure the soil is going to be so nutrient rich in heaven. Oh yeah. It will never be depleted. Praise God. (laughs) It's like I used to work on an organic farm. Just, you know, like really dark soil that looks wet, but it's not. Oh, oh, come on. You can like see a little bit of an old banana peel that was from the compost pile before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so healthy. It's really funny. You just know whatever vegetables. Did you ever watch the documentary, The Biggest Little Farm? No. Oh, Benjamin. Oh, is it? I haven't even heard of it. Oh, it's the most wonderful, beautiful piece of really am i gonna cry oh you're gonna cry it's gorgeous <laughs> it's i mean it's just it's a beautifully made film but then it's just about sustenance farming and but like doing it and like oh my gosh it's so good okay oh. well we'll have to watch that okay well this is good i feel like this is a super valuable conversation where i guess do you feel like we're having this in this timing for any particular reason i don't really no, this is just something that's been on both of our hearts, even yeah. from the beginning of this podcast. So I feel like we've kind of tackled the fivefold ministry where, you know, if things come up, we'll like kind of address mm-hmm. them. And it's kind of in the heart of the podcast of being able to flow with the spirit. But I think this is just something that, you know, where, yeah. you know, money's even tight right now for a lot of people. Yeah. And economy it, it has shifted. possibly could get tighter. And so like, how do we, how do we, you know, even with the pressures of the economy and the world and our jobs, like it's, it's not even just in prosperity that we are to be good stewards. It's through it all. That's great. So that's kind of the moment we're in. Yeah. So thanks for listening listener. Um, I hope that this hasn't brought any shame or frustration or division or polarity, but instead that this conversation has actually excited you. Mm -hmm for all of the potential of what it could look like to join with the Lord as a steward. Come on. With the good gifts that he's given us. I'm I want to talk more about this too, but I'm just reminded of the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. That in our natural resources, financial resources in our very body, God handed us a bag full of money and he said, "Take care of it well." Mm-hmm. You know that parable? Oh yeah. I mean they're called talents, which is confusing. That's a, a that's a term for a certain sum of money. Mm-hmm. I think a talent was up roughly one year's wages. Oh, wow. I forget. But, um, yeah. And, and then, you know, the manager comes back and sees that two people stewarded the talents that they were given really well. And one person didn't. Mm-hmm. And there's consequences of that. You know? yeah. Good consequences for the people who did it well. And not so great for the one who just buried it. And uh, that same opportunity is afforded to us in, mm-hmm. in our skills in really every facet of our life. And I think if we choose to live as stewards and not consumers, yeah, we'll find ourselves practically walking in the way of the kingdom every day of our lives in every decision. Everything mm-hmm. is spiritual. Yeah. And the Come cheese on. that you buy, you know, Wow. unless you're vegan. <laughs> then it's the cashew cheese that and you it's buy. The, the vegan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, like Benji said, no shame. <laughs> no shame. But it, maybe a little conviction. Yeah, I mean, if, if you the Holy love Spirit moves, craft singles, go for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I hope that this makes you think like, I'm going to buy those craft singles with intentionality and not just do it be- because I'm not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I think intentionality is healthy. To be, I don't thought- want- to be thoughtful in everything we do. There you go. I think that's it. Come on. Even if we disagree at the end of the day. Yeah. That's and that's holy. okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hope you have a great weekend. Wow. We love you. I got really excited. This is fun. I know. This is going to be really good. I mean, I feel like there's a lot that I want to talk about, but I need some, some yeah. stats. I hope people find this as exciting as we do. <laughs> if you don't let us know yep <laughs> but and we'll talk if to you not, then. yeah we'll see you later <laughs> bye love you you okay i'm great oh, praise god you i'm so good thank you so much for listening to the deep waters podcast 
If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.